Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest Wednesday, middle of our week here in Psalm 69. Why, it's December 21st, the year of our Lord 2022. Yes, it is. Excellent, and we are looking at We're a very l- moving through this holiday season, heading towards the new year. It's it's amazingly it's close. Really, probably time to start doing a little bit of shopping. <laughs> a little bit of shopping. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So we've got uh, the Psalm sixty nine on tap for today. Yes, and I'm going to read from the American Literary Version for the chief musician set to Shoshanim of David. Save me, O God, for the waters have come into my soul. I sink in deep mire where there is no standing. I have come into deep waters where the floods overflow me. I am weary with my crying. My throat is dried. My eyes fail while I wait for my God. Those who hate me without a cause are more than the hairs of my head. Those who would cut me off, being my enemies wrongfully, are mighty. That which I did not take away, I have to restore. O God, you know my foolishness, and my guilty doings are not hidden from you. Let them not be put to shame through me, those who wait for you, O Lord Yahweh of hosts. Let them not be brought to dishonor through me, those who seek you, O God of Israel. Because for your sake I have borne reproach, shame has covered my face. I have become a stranger to my brethren and an alien to my mother's children. For the zeal of your house has eaten me up, and the reproaches of your reproachers have fallen upon me. When I wept, my soul fasting, that was to my reproach. When I made sackcloth my clothing, I became a byword to them. Those who sit in the gate talk of me, and I am the song of the drunkards. But as for me, my prayer is to you, O Yahweh, in an acceptable time. O God, in the abundance of your loving kindness, answer me in the truth of your salvation. Deliver me out of the mire, and let me not sink. Let me be delivered from those who hate me, and out of the deep waters let not the water flood overwhelm me, nor let the deep swallow me up, and let not the pit shut its mouth upon me. Answer me, O Yahweh, for your loving kindness is good. According to the multitude of your mercies, turn to me, and hide not your face from your servant, for I am in distress. Answer me speedily. Draw nigh to my soul and redeem it. Ransom me because of my enemies." You know my reproach and my shame and my dishonor. My foes are all before you. Reproach has broken my heart, and I am full of heaviness, and I looked for some to take pity, but there was none, and for comforters, but I found none. They gave me also gall for my food, and in my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. Let their table before them become a snare, and when they are in peace, a trap. Let their eyes be darkened so that they cannot see, and make their loins continually to shake." Pour out your indignation upon them, and let the fierceness of your anger overtake them. Let their habitation be desolate, let none dwell in their tents. For whom you yourself have smitten, they persecute. And they tell of the sorrow of those you have wounded. Add iniquity to their iniquity, and let them not come into your righteousness. Let them be blotted out of the book of life, and not be written with the righteous. But I am poor and sorrowful. Let your salvation, O God, set me up on high." I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving, and it will please Yahweh better than an ox or a bullock that has horns and hooves. The meek have seen it and are glad. You who seek after God, let your heart live, for Yahweh hears the needy and does not despise his prisoners. Let heavens and earth praise him, the seas and everything that moves in them, for God will save Zion and build the cities of Judah, and they shall abide there and have it in possession. 
The seed also of his servant shall inherit it, and those who love his name shall dwell in it. Yesterday we were talking about how this psalm uh, speaks to all different episodes in the life of Christ, that John or the Apostle Paul, different ones are quoting it and, and highlighting different portions. Uh, one of the things we didn't get a chance to talk to, but I was hoping we could, uh, was in Psalm 69 in verse 8, when uh, the psalmist says, I have become a stranger to my brothers and an alien to my mother's children, leading into verse 9, because zeal for your house has eaten me up, which we did talk about. The reproaches of those who approach you have fallen on me, which I know we're going to talk about. We hope. <laughs> but this idea about Jesus, uh, you know, and the, the, his brother's uh, not knowing him, the family being a stranger to the family, again puts me in mind of a of an episode in the life of Christ. We talked uh, about Mark, you know, when he the multitudes are ta- uh, telling him your your mother and your brothers are here, and he says, "Who is my mother and my brother and my sisters? Those who do the will of God." But in John the seventh chapter, it particularly highlights how the brothers did not know him or rejected him. Uh, in John chapter seven, and in verse. Uh, number five, the scripture says in that place, uh, even his brothers did not believe in him. Uh, and they were mocking him a little bit, telling him that he needed to go to Jerusalem and need to present himself to the temple. I mean, if you want to be known, be known. Verse six of John seven, then Jesus said to them, my time has not yet come, but your time is always ready. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify it that its works are evil. So when we read through John, was that five? John yeah, five? John when seven, you, verses John, John five seven, seven, yeah. John seven, verse five. When you're reading through that, as you hear this story about these brothers who despise him, belittle him, and then he references, well, they're not going to hate you, they're going to hate me. Yeah. Surely, if Psalm 69 is in your repertoire, if it's something that you have sung in worship, if it's something that you've been raised reading uh, on regular bases, you, you walk through John and you hear about these brothers belittling him, and then this message about hate, huh, well, that sounds like Psalm 69. Yeah, it does. It <laughs> that, really does. That, yes. Of course, the I, I didn't think about the John 7 passage. I'm glad you brought that one up. I thought about in connection with the brothers when Jesus is teaching and we find it in Mark chapter 3 and verse 20 and 21 and the mother and the brothers come up yeah. trying to get him away. And it actually specifically says there because they thought he was out of his mind or they yeah. thought he had a demon. Right, and, right, right. Uh, of course, he keeps teaching and then they, they come back and or the text comes back to that and somebody comes up to Jesus and says, hey, your mother and brothers are out here and they want you. And Jesus' reaction to that is, well, who actually are my mother and my brothers? Well, it's the people who follow the will of my father mm-hmm. are actually my mother and my brothers. I don't want to make too much out of this that they they highlight mother's sons as opposed to just brothers. There are four other passages in the Old Testament that use that idea to highlight. So like especially one time as it talked about Joseph and Benjamin, who not only were brothers, but had the same Mother. Mother, yeah. But I do think that there's something special about that when we take a look at Jesus, because his brothers, what connected them was Mary, not Joseph. I think what's special about it, too, is that you have these brothers who, as John recorded, there was a time they did not believe. They yes. did not believe him. But who comes to be believers? Why? Particularly, we know James yes. and Jude, uh, a couple of his brothers. And these are people who were skeptics that he is the Christ until his death and his resurrection, and then they're witnesses to the resurrection, and they're converted. They become Christians. Something would have to majorly happen for me to yes. decide that my one of my brothers was 
God's chosen yeah. Messiah. I mean, typically, it's kind of like that a prophet is not without honor except in his own country. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's somebody I went to high school with, yeah, I'm, I'm not buying that they're really anything special. I, 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 re, I remember them in gym class right. know, when, when they when they passed out. I, I remember <laughs> them, you know, in, in history class when yeah. they couldn't answer the simple questions. I remember, yeah. you know, it's it's that kind of thing. But man, my brother, even more so. But, you right. know, my brother's not like, right. no, no, it's not you. So it would have to be something pretty significant yeah. to bring a brother around to say yeah that one that one is he's he's the messiah i'm going to submit and surrender to him in that way it's a powerful thing it is and so we have that in psalm 69 verse 8 and then it leads into verse 9 because zeal for your house has eaten me up which was and, quoted in john 2 17 and we talked about it monday yesterday the was it yesterday yeah oh okay yeah that was tuesday well I, we might we might sit down and have some really long conversations and every once in a while, we turn on a microphone in between. <laughs> uh, and so then uh, in verse nine, it ends with, and the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. Which is also quoted. Yeah. So the first half of this verse is quoted in John two seventeen, And the second half, Paul quotes in Romans chapter 15 and verse three. Yeah. So in Romans chapter 14, Paul has gone through all of this talk about when folks have differences of opinions and perspectives, highlighting some things that seem to really bring differences between Jews that have become Christians and Gentiles, though right. they're not necessarily always that being the case. But then we get into Romans chapter 15, and he says, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. And so Paul brings this statement in to his discussion about how we're supposed to behave. So here's Psalm 69 which determined how Jesus was going to behave, which now it's supposed to determine how we're supposed to behave. Okay. What are you getting out of that? Well, I see that Jesus was willing to suffer reproach. And so I guess we need to be able to suffer <laughs> reproach. <laughs> Suffering reproach. Here, here in this Romans 15, 14, 15 context, is, is there reproach or is this... Is, I mean, because look, all right, I've, I've been thinking about this, and I get it. There are times when the, the authors in the New Testament, they pull out a statement and they really are pulling it, not, not not trying to pull the context along with it, but just the statement itself. So is there some kind of reproach going on in Romans 14 and 15? Or what, what, what do you think? Well, I, there is a struggle going on in Romans 14 and 15, which is how do I bear with weaker brothers? And how, how far do we go along for the sake of another person's conscience? And in those moments and in some of those kind of situations, I think people probably do feel reproach. They do mm. see it as reproaches. And uh, that there is a willingness to uh, do some suffering or maybe even what we perceive as suffering wrongly mm. for the building up of a brother, for the sake of his conscience, and uh, for the sake of a greater unity. Is there an idea that just the statement about Jesus willingly, willingly suffering reproach brings to mind his leaving heaven, his sacrificing his rights, his sacrificing what would bring most glory to him personally to come down in order to serve people. Yeah. And so kind of that Philippians two idea, right? Yeah. 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 And so he was willing to do that Mm -hmm. and suffer reproach. Yeah. Now granted in Psalm 69 and here it's, it's the reproach directed at God has fallen on him, but he didn't have to do that. He did that out of love for us. Yes. Amen. Tying those things together. And so how that impacts us is that, I sometimes sacrifice things 
yeah. in order to serve you, or I'm mm-hmm. supposed to. Yeah, it's, oh, you're supposed to. Yes. For a, a greater, I guess, picture, as the paragraph goes on in Romans 15, it's a picture of unity and praise mm. of God mm-hmm. from one voice. Uh, peace and unity, patience. There's That's the other word. I like verse 5. Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another, according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's going to be, or I should say, it is a sign of patience or a producing of patience, this suffering reproaches or suffering reproaches wrongfully. And so in the verses following that, it does produce praise among Gentiles, praise among Jews. And in in the context here of yeah. Romans 15, as they've come together in one household, yeah, in one family, harmonious right? family, which which makes me wonder, and I'll throw this out and you can push back if you think I'm, I'm way off base. I wonder if this doesn't also bring in what we talked about yesterday, that the first half of the verse in Psalm 69, 9 is zeal for your house has consumed me, which of course is demonstrated by the the literal temple, the mm-hmm. house of God under mm-hmm. the old covenant. And we see Jesus demonstrating that by driving out the money changers here, as we see this building of the house of God between Jews and Gentiles. And in Ephesians, that's exactly how it's going to be described. The house, right. the temple, yeah. and that Jesus is suffering reproach in order to build that temple, that temple. house of God, even though house of God and temple is not used here in Romans 15. Mm-hmm. You think it's possible we're, we're bringing that in as well? Well, I, I think that is the end result. You know, I you, you've got the family there, and and isn't isn't this great? How we have looked at the family of Jesus and those earthly brothers, and then we come around to the family of God and those who do His will. Right, whether Jews or Gentiles. Yeah, having surrendered to Jesus, doing the will of the Father. Yeah, fantastic. All right, there's so much here in Psalm 69, <laughs> but we need to go ahead and wrap up, brother. This why don't you listen to prayer? The family episode. Yeah. Our great God and Father, Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for the precious gift of your family. We are so thankful that because of Christ, we have brothers and sisters uh, in a spiritual family. And we look forward, Father, to the great reunion in heaven to be with you forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.